The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Sam Shaw and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. This is Wall Street Mastermind's Elevate program where we take our flagship coaching program and give it away for free to high potential students who are currently in a difficult financial situation. The goal of this show is to first and foremost give these students the coaching and guidance that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise and help them break into investment banking. Of course, we also want to give all of you an in-depth look at how to go about your own investment banking preparation process the right way so that you can model it after the same proven methodology and strategies that we've used to place over 90% of our students into investment banking across every single bulge bracket and elite boutique bank over the last several years. With hundreds of thousands of applicants competing to break into investment banking globally each year, our team only has the bandwidth to help a very small percentage of you. So my hope is that this show helps all of you, even if you aren't able to directly participate in our program and work with us. So let's get to it. In this session, we discuss the importance of diversity programs and strategize on how Shimena can take advantage of these additional recruiting channels as a Latina student. We also game plan on all the things she needs to start doing in order to be prepared for the diversity recruiting process. All right, cool. So we're back for session three um, with Shimena. And uh, the first two sessions, we worked on her resume. We set up her contact log for networking. Today, we're going to be talking about um, something uh, slightly different, which uh, is still very, well, it's very important to Shimena, certainly, but I think also for a lot of other people that are going through recruiting could be important for them as well, which is kind of these diversity programs that a lot of the investment banks have, right? And so uh, obviously Shimena's female, for those of you who can't tell, <laughs> I was just kidding, obviously. Um, and so if you're a female, if you are uh, a minority, which by investment banking de- uh, definition means uh, you are you know, African-American, uh, if you're Native American, if you're Hispanic, um, I'm trying to think if there are other ones. I think those are the three, right, from a ethnicity standpoint. Uh, but also there's other definitions of diversity, like there's diversity events for people with disabilities. There's diversity events for um, people who are veterans. So if you've been, if you served in the army or something, you know, like that counts. Uh, and then there are, this, is, this one is more rare, but I think on a very selective basis, actually, there are some banks out there who will also count like first generation college students as a form of diversity, right? Because there's not a lot of first generation college students in banking. So regardless, if you fall under any of those, oh, also there's LGBTQ. That was the one I was missing. LGBTQ is a good one. Um, And so there's a lot of different ways to qualify for diversity. And if you do qualify for diversity, then you definitely want to take advantage of it because um, it's almost like you get one extra chance at breaking into what is a very, very competitive industry, right? Most people 
when they recruit for um, investment banking, especially with the big banks like the Bulls Bracket, the Elite Boutique, and even the middle market banks, if you're talking about the top 50 banks, like most people, the first opportunity to break in is during your junior summer internship, right? Uh, if you're a diversity candidate, though, a lot of times you can break in as a sophomore summer intern. So one whole year earlier, um, and some firms, they'll even have diversity events for freshmen. So, um, and I think that's more rare, but uh, but regardless, obviously Shimena is now a second year student and she does qualify for diversity. So we're gonna spend some time talking about diversity recruiting and just how she can navigate that to make sure that she's um, just utilizing that opportunity. And honestly, like for those of you that can get into this diversity route, um, then you're, what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a very, very strong sophomore summer internship on your resume that 99% of the people are not going to have because 99% of people don't have an investment banking internship from a top 50 bank during their sophomore summer, right? But you'll have that. And then of course, like if you do a good job, um, most of these banks will want you to stay on for your junior summer too. And then just like, then you don't, technically you don't need to recruit for junior summer anymore. And then obviously you do a good job during your junior summer, then you get the full-time offer, right? Uh, but of course, a lot of people, what they do also, and we have a lot of students in our program that have done sophomore summer internships through diversity programs. And then um, sometimes like they won't go back to the same bank for junior year and they'll actually go to a different bank. Like, oh, they'll go from, uh, you know, Bank of America to JP Morgan or, you know, uh, from JP Morgan to Goldman Sachs or whatever, right? And so you can do that as well if you, you know, want to go to another bank, but then at a minimum, like the floor in terms of your outcome is the bank that you got into for your sophomore summer, right? So that's just always like a really good thing to have. And I think it makes junior summer recruiting a lot less stressful, right? So anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Shimena, obviously, um, sounds like you've already started applying to some of these diversity programs, right? So which are the ones that you're kind of focused on right now? Um, so as of now, um, well, it all kind of starts. So I joined the program a few months ago. And right when I joined, I know I went through the modules and part of the modules talked about these diversity events. And when I went through them, of course, by the time that I was looking at them, they were all closed. I kept opening the website. So I knew that they would be opening hopefully in the few months for the next summer. Um, so I've been awaiting for that. So one of the first things I did was I, they have like a newsletter and they will usually let you know, they'll start emailing you as soon as these events start opening. And in the past like couple of weeks, I've been getting a lot of emails like, oh, you qualified by what you filled out here. You said you're Hispanic, you're female, um, you're so-and-so. So you qualify for these things. So they will automatically send you an email like, okay, this is the deadline for the closing. So right now, JP Morgan started their one with their first events last week. Um, Evercore has one that's coming, which is another way to join these that I've been doing is I've been joining a lot of like Hispanic, also like private equity or IB programs related on campus. So a lot of these programs, they only let like these specific clubs know about them. And then the club send out emails to the members and then they'll be like, oh, this is invite only. So register and then get invited. So I've been getting a few emails for that. I got one for Evercore, one for Lazard. Yeah. Um, so they'll let me know. They'll be coming up in November. So even JP Morgan has their behavioral interview rounds 
in December. They're not sure exactly when they're going to open, but all of these um, events are really cool because usually they're either a couple of days or a few weeks, and they'll often also just put put you out into like breakout rooms with like ten other people, and you just have this chance to like network and constantly show that you're asking questions and all of these things. And a lot of times by then, then they'll tell you like, oh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or follow up with me. Um, I think there was one with UBS last week. So I connected with one of them on LinkedIn. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just good. They're just all really coming right now. So right now they're definitely opening for sophomores for the summer. And then I know um, early earlier dates for diversity events for um, actual recruiting. Uh, for 2023 we'll start opening i think like january february march but that's for 2023 right now like november and december it's like for the 2022 sophomore yeah so a couple of things that i want to call out there for people um one is that shimena started paying attention to these diversity events way in advance like even going back to freshman year she was already checking their websites regularly to see like when the applications come out, yes, because we told her to do that, but still, we tell a lot of people to do things and sometimes they don't do it, right? So like, that's really important, right? It's just like being on top of when these things are happening. The other thing that she did is like joining the right student orgs on campus. So a lot of these, um, a lot of schools will have these clubs that are uh, like business clubs, but for a specific ethnicity, right? For, for example, like the Hispanic, business club or a Hispanic finance club or whatever. And so if those clubs exist, it's always good to at least be a member so that you are in the loop when they um, announce these things. And then like the other thing that Shimona talked about is subscribing to the newsletters that these banks have, right? These are email newsletters that just get sent to your inbox. And so um, it's always good to, you should sub subscribe to as many as you can. Um, every bank that has one, you should be on there. And so that way you never miss out when something like this is happening, right? And so I think like, that's one thing. And then obviously like knowing what the events are, like, you know, for us, instead of Wall Street Mastermind, obviously we have that list. Um, but even if you don't have that list of what all the programs are out there, you could probably do your own research on it, right? Um, and then Shimena, I think the other thing that you can do if you haven't done it yet, which is um, setting up job alerts for these, right? Just kind of like how we teach in the modules. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll just be another, um, check on all the on top of all the things that you're doing just in case somehow one of them slips through the crack or whatever right yeah uh, so, so that's good it sounds like though you are you're on top of like what the programs are and when they're coming out and things like that and you're already in contact with some of them i guess what are like the biggest challenges for you right now as you think about these diversity events or what are like the things you need help with the most? Or do you have any concerns? Um, I think, um, no, I think as these weeks come with when we prepare more, um, I think concerning wise, definitely. I mean, I've just, from the modules and everything, like I've taken a lot of notes on like what questions to ask and so-and-so, which have definitely benefited because you can definitely tell some people that, you know, what questions they're asking and not. Um, <laughs> I think I honestly, Sam, I still like, when I talk to these people, I still get very nerve wracked still just because I'm not like 100% with technicals. We haven't like fully gone over the behaviorals. Yeah. So sometimes I think I still have like, you know, like in my last internship, whenever I was presenting or everything, one of some of the feedback that they would give me was like, you need to seem more firm. 
So sometimes I definitely can tell that can come through and bankers, I'm, I'm 100% positive that they can like feel the shakiness in the voice or like, mm, you're not too sure. Yeah. So I think as like this time passes, cause I just really started networking. So right now I think it's more like feeling secure when you're talking and feeling secure about your answers. Um, so definitely, I think as we like do more, um, more of these calls and more of like the behavioral go throughs and everything, I'll feel more secure about them. Um, but definitely just like demonstrating that like you're, you, you feel secure and you want this, you know, not, not, not seem scared or like you're intimidated because they're not, they're so nice. There's a lot of them are much nicer than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, I, th I do think that, um, especially for the diversity programs, the bankers tend to be nicer than kind of like the average banker that you meet because um, it's a diversity program and they really do truly want to see as many of you succeed as possible. It's like, I think that if they could take every single person that went to the diversity program, they would because the purpose of these diversity programs is to solve the diversity issue that they have. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if they can have more females in banking, they would love to, right? But it's like, they can't just give these jobs out to everyone. Like you have to make it easy for them to like be able to like pass you without having to uh, feel bad for like the regular candidates essentially, right? And so they're gonna, they're gonna be nice. They're gonna be more helpful in general, which is the great thing about it. I think like, you know, the first skill that you really need, you kind of touched, you touched on already, which is like your networking skills, right? And not in the traditional sense of like, it's easier in the sense that it's not like, oh, you're cold emailing a bunch of people and they're not responding to you and you can't even get on the phone with them. And you know, like, there's people that are involved in the diversity programs. And then like, once you meet them through these events, they kind of can become like your point of contact, right? And like, like we said, they're incentivized to help you. And if, especially if you have already demonstrated that you are one of the better candidates out of the, the pool of diversity uh, uh, event attendees, then they're going to prioritize you, right? And so to your point, like asking the right questions when you're at these events and when you're mingling um, especially like sometimes these events, like it's not always one-on-one. -on -one. You're going to be a lot of times in a small group setting. Maybe there's like one or two bankers and there's 10 students or sometimes maybe even more. Um, and so there are things to think about too when you're in more of a group dynamic. Like I know in the networking module, we have um, that training on like networking or info, uh, info sessions, right? Which is kind of similar. Like this is not really an info session, but the same principles apply where when you're just talking to the person one-on-one, -on -one, it really, it's just like asking the right questions and having good answers prepared. And then when it's in a group setting, it's those things still, but on top of that, you also have to watch out for the group dynamics, right? Cause we've all been in these group settings and I've been on both sides of it where sometimes there will be a student who's like overly eager and they're trying too hard to impress and they're like stepping on other people's toes or they're trying to dominate the entire conversation and not really letting other people get a word in. And that actually is not a good thing, right? Like, and bankers see that and they're like, ooh, like 
wouldn't really want to work with this guy, right? And so you don't want to be that person. But then there's also people on the other end of the spectrum who really like just don't have the confidence. They're kind of intimidated. They're too scared to ask any questions. And they just stand in, they stand in the group and then they don't say anything, right? And if you do that, then you're also not going to be, you're also not going to be the one to stand out, right? And so it's like striking a right balance of picking your spots and knowing when to chime in and then when to kind of like take a step back and let other people have, you know, their couple minutes of floor time or whatever. Um, and it just being engaging in the conversation, right? So I think my guess is you don't really have too much of a problem with that mm-hmm. uh, based on what I know about you. So I'm not too worried about that. I think in terms of like the other thing that you talked about in terms of the confidence level, um, for the interview side of things because like basically the way these diversity events work is like as long as you do you make like a good enough impression during kind of like the mingling portion of the event then usually at the end of that event they'll give interviews to some or all of the people i think some events actually interview every person that just attends but at a yeah. minimum at a minimum i think like they'll interview you as long as you're good, right? Even if they don't interview everyone or, or yeah, they'll interview you as long as they think you're, I don't, I don't wanna say good. They'll interview you as long as they think you're like decent, right? And so you do have to prepare for that interview, which will happen at the end of this process. In my experience, the good news is because it's usually a freshman inter, uh, internship or a sophomore internship, um, from the technical side, it's usually not as rigorous as like yeah, a exactly. internship would be and so you you should absolutely have to nail your behaviorals like no matter what right that's like no matter what you're recruiting for but that becomes even more important in this case because there's less emphasis on the technical side and then on the technical side i'm not saying don't prepare for the technicals um but I'm just saying like, you don't have to stress out as much about it and you don't have to maybe worry about like, oh, let me learn all the super crazy, most advanced mm-hmm. stuff. But there's like the, the basics, you should probably still like check the box. Um, and as long as you do that, like I think the interviews will be fine, right? And I think the confidence will naturally come once you feel like you're prepared. Cause just like you said, you you feel like not that confident because we haven't really gone through a lot of your answers yet right Mm -hmm. so i think that's probably the next thing we should work on as soon as we can especially since you are actually starting to go through um you're actually starting to go through these diversity events now in real time yeah Um, having these conversations and so even though it's not an interview you are probably answering questions like Hey, tell me about yourself or why are you interested in banking or why are you interested in our bank? And these are all questions that we're going to have to go through on the, on the behavioral module. Right. So I think that should be like the next thing on our to-do list, um, which is like, let's get your behavioral questionnaire um, completed. And then if you submit that to us, we'll review it and uh, give you detailed feedback. Um, and then you can go back and we can do a second iteration if we need to just to incorporate all the comments. And then once we've done that and you feel like your answers are good, um, then you just have to practice those answers. And then like mm-hmm. 
once you've done that, we can also do mock and reason with that. And I don't know when you're expecting the first potential interview to be, but we should like, if you know, like a rough timeline even, we should work backwards and kind of like game plan against that date so that yeah. you're fully ready by then. Does that make sense? Yeah. They said December. I mean, for me, the earlier the better. If I could know them all by next week, you know, um, because it's the same thing. It's like confidence level. But of course, um, they said by December, but they don't know the date. So I would give myself, I don't know, like I would give myself the heart of like first week of December, just in case, because you never know what if they did. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, have you started on the behavioral questionnaire yet or not? I've, I've started. I've definitely, I've always gone over it, but it's like, I've always filled it out and then it starts talking about something and I'm like, oh, I haven't like done this or this and this. So then I would stop and then I would rewrite, I rewrote it like five or six times. Um, but I do have like one that I rewrote a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'll go through that and then resubmit that. Do you want me to do that before next session then? And then get feedback or for next session? Yeah, I think what I think what we could do is, um, you know, it, it's a long questionnaire, right? I think it's got about like 20 questions in there. So it just depends on um, how much you think you can get through each mm -hmm. week, right? Like, I'd rather you spend a little bit more time on each question and do a good job than to like rush through it because you feel like you have to get it all done before we meet next time or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it was 20 questions. Um, if you want to split that up into like two parts or even three parts, if you need to, I'm fine either way. Um, and yeah, like it would be helpful if you send them to me in advance and then, so I have time to review it before we actually meet to talk about it, you know? Okay. Um, so yeah, why don't we do that? Okay. And, and um, I know also for a lot of these diversity events, um, you have to like apply and usually submit like a short application where you have to answer some questions, right? I don't know, have you had to do that or not really? Um, yeah, usually it's just at the beginning before they recruit okay. so that they know a little bit about you. And based on that, a lot of times then they pick you to come to the events. Yeah. But so far, nothing else. Um, or like as it goes, like this week, they have like four different events. So there's some four different, there's corporate banking, different things. So you sign up for the ones that you want, are interested in. So like investment banking, there's specific sessions, but no like specific things to fill out yet. Okay. So if... If you do come across um, applications that you have to fill out or yeah, that you have to like answer written prompt for or whatever, then obviously mm -hmm. let us know. And then yeah. we'll just go through the same process that we do with the behavioral questionnaire. A lot of those questions are very similar, if not the same to the behavioral questionnaire anyway. So once we've gone through that, I think like it'll be a lot easier, but sometimes it's like slightly different or a lot of times they're like asking you about like, you know, why diversity is important to you and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Obviously that's not in our questionnaire. And so, um, but we can help you with that as well. Okay. Okay. A small, I have like two small questions on the side. Um, maybe one is, I know you've gone through definitely like, I know the PE and every other, like all that recruiting is very different from IB. 
Um, Just thinking based on like sophomore because they're so behavioral like. So for example, like these groups, even like BlackRock, Millennium and -and so-and-so have been like wanting sophomore to recruit for events. And because they're very behavioral based, um, I've been getting emails for like, oh, sign up for these events. And those are definitely 100% like, why BlackRock? Why Millennium? Why do you want this and this? Um, And I know some people that have done the summer internships that have encouraged me to do so. But I'm just, I don't know if that will diverge me too much from like focusing on IB or if this is something maybe, would you suggest, okay, like try it out, like why not? Um, Even I've talked to them and I've said, I don't know, because IB is, and they've said, well, you don't always have to take this career path. So I feel like I'm a little bit overwhelmed with, I don't know if to just focus on what we're doing right now, which I think is great. Um, Or like, why not just apply to these things? Like this can also be a great opportunity. I don't know what your advice. I think... Personally, um, I don't want to give a blanket statement, right? Like it depends on the firm and what the opportunity is, right? And, you know, also saying like it's private equity versus like BlackRock, which is more like asset management versus Mm -hmm. Millennium, which is more of a hedge fund, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're all like it's easy to lump them all together, but they're all different right Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if you know yet like what you want to do longer term you know like like after banking you might not you know um that's why i've been so like but i know banking will open these doors for me in the future but then some people are like oh this will accelerate your career before if you can do something harder but mentally what i've been thinking is like ib will open the door for these different careers rather than just focusing right well i would say this um historically it's like a requirement to go through ib first before you even have a shot at going to something on the buy side mm-hmm. more and more so now that's not the case anymore because in the last couple of years like these pe firms and hedge funds and whatever they're starting to recruit earlier and earlier and they're starting to go directly to undergrad and hiring people. They're like basically um, directly competing with investment banks now, right? So you don't have to think that, oh, I have to go through IB first to go to that now. I think still for the vast majority of people, that is going to be the case. The vast majority of people, they wanna do something on the buy side, I would still advise them to go to IB first. Um, But that's not because you have to do it that way. That's just like, from a probability standpoint, that's mm-hmm. how much people are going to get it, right? And, and okay. but if you have the opportunity to skip IB and that actually is your goal, like if you know definitively right now that because some people come in Wall Street Management and say, yeah, I want to do IB, and I say, oh well, why do you want to do IB? Say, like, oh, I want to do IB just because so I can get into private equity. Like they know that already. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, well, if you already know that's the end goal and there's an opportunity for you to go straight to private equity, then hey, like, of course, that's something you should consider, right? Now, if you don't know that yet, and you're like, I'm actually, I'm open to all of these things, I don't really know what I want yet, um, then I would say, like, I think it's okay to not know what you want right now as a sophomore in college, it's early, right? And it's okay to, like, my advice for people when they don't know what they want yet is to, just preserve maximum optionality is what I call it, which is yeah. 
if you go into banking, um, you can kind of kick this can down the road a couple of years. And during that time, you're going to learn more. You're going to do more internships. You're going to talk to more people. You're going to network. You're going to learn more about all these things, what you like, what you don't like. And then you can always decide like, part of the reason why I was attracted to banking initially right out of college was because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I'm like, you're asking me to decide right now what my life's calling is? Like, I don't know. But I know that banking is this thing that would still not only keep all of these doors open, but would actually open up additional doors that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I would, it would buy me more time, right? So that's mm-hmm. the beauty of going through banking first. So it depends on if you know what you want already. Um, I think the other thing I would say too, though, is like, I do agree with people though, that um, it doesn't hurt to go through more processes and like worst case scenario at a minimum, it's just more practice. You're just getting more reps. Like, let's say you're like, I don't really want to do asset management. I have no interest in BlackRock. Okay. But like, if they want to interview you, then that's actually like, just like a low stakes way of going through a real interview. Cause, and we'll do mock interviews too, but like, nothing's going to be, nothing's going to compare to like the real thing, right? Mm-hmm. Just like it's the real thing. Um, and so you can also just view it as practice. Yeah. You know? Um, and then like, if it doesn't work out, you didn't really lose anything. If it does work out, then you can decide if you want to take it or not, right? Mm-hmm. And also, hopefully, hopefully you're going to get multiple offers, even for the sophomore summer internship, and then you can pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, it, it, obviously, I don't say you don't lose anything. What you're losing is you do have to spend a little bit more time and a little bit, a little bit more effort applying for the program, going to the event, so on and so forth. But hopefully that's not like that much more time because a lot of the prep that we're going to be doing for one program is going to also be applicable to like, you're not going to fill out the behavioral questionnaire 10 different times for 10 different programs, right? It's just going to do it once. Right. And we might change a little, a little bit of like the, why this bank answer or whatever, because it's a different firm, but like, it's not that much more incremental work. So mm-hmm. you have to decide like, how much do I have going on already? And what's my bandwidth? And can I take on a little bit more just for this extra opportunity? And what am I going to get out of it? Yeah. That's how I would think about it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, sure. Was that your only question or did you have another one or? I have one more. I think this is very basic though. This is just one of those very basic. It's just when you're talking to bakers, I feel like maybe just school system wise, we're very like used to like one shot and then like it's over. So I think like that's also part of my nervousness where like, I know you talk to so many bakers and there's no way that they will all like, remember you like they don't, but sometimes it's just the idea of like, I remember when I was, um, when I was first doing the little search fund internships and so and one of one of the 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 owner he was telling us about somebody he interviewed and had had a terrible interview and he was like 
if I ever saw her resume come across, I would tell, I would shut it down. I would tell anybody to shut it down, you know? So it's definitely, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, you don't want it to go so bad where like you think you're going to close all the doors. And I think initially um, when I first joined the program, I didn't network at all because I was so scared of like, okay, I'm just going to shut down all my opportunities from the start. So I have to go through this for a while. Um, so going forward, just how to like not have cold feet or how to go like about, you know, just approaching the bankers, you know, um, without just thinking, you know, I don't know, like from your point of view, these firms are so big. Um, yeah. So there's no way they all know each other. And we'll be like, Hey, Kimena was really bad. Let's nobody at this firm hire her, you know? Well, look, um, first of all, I'm sure that guy was telling the truth about what he would have done had he seen this person's resume, but it's like he's he's running a search fund search funds are tiny mm -hmm. like you said i mean when he was like in consulting or in previous firms yeah, yeah so like that can happen right sure like if i've spoken to someone like they have to be pretty horrible first of all for me to like go out of my way to mm -hmm. uh sabotage them right i don't think i don't know what this other person did to make him feel so strongly about this right mm -hmm. i don't i i honestly think if you've gone through like what we teach in the program and you know it's in, including like what to do and what not to do during the conversations and types of questions to ask and what to talk about and how to answer your behavioral questions like it's actually really hard to <laughs> screw up that badly like i think most of the time your conversation should be like you know, pretty good um, to like great or like worst case scenario, like, okay, you didn't really hit it off with this person because you're not going to hit it off with every single person, but it was just like, okay, right? It wasn't like, wow, this girl's so dumb or something like that. I don't think it's going to be like that. And so as long as you're at least just okay, um, you're going to be fine because if you're just okay, the banker's just going to forget about you. Like they're just yeah. going to move on with their lives. They don't really care. You're not that important. They have girlfriends and wives mm -hmm. and kids and families and friends, and they barely have time for those people. They're definitely not losing sleep at night thinking about, oh, like I'm going to make sure that this person doesn't get hired. It's just like, no, they're just going to move on. They're just like, um, I'm not going to help this person because she's not worth it. And then that's it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to be pretty unlucky if, they happen to be the one person from a firm of thousands to tens of thousands mm -hmm. of employees who's responsible for screening your resume, right? So that's, that's the one thing I would say is like, you really don't have that much to lose. Um, but also the other thing is like, um, I think confidence is one of those things where a lot of our students tell us this. They say like, when they first started networking, they weren't that good at it. Mm -hmm. And then just like anything else you do, you're going to get better and better at it if you keep doing it. But you got to start somewhere, right? It's like going to the gym. The first time you do a certain workout and you've never done that motion before, it feels hard. You don't have the muscle memory, right? Once you've done it multiple times, like the weight starts to feel lighter and lighter. And networking is the same way. 
if you're still really, really concerned though, and so like, well, just to finish that point, like it's almost a chicken and egg problem. If you're like so scared to the point where you don't even start, then you're never gonna get the reps that you need, right? Yeah. One way you might be able to work around it is um, to start your networking with the firms that you don't care about as much. Mm-hmm. So just like practice with, practice in like a lower stakes environment. Yeah. Right? Um, you can also start by trying to network with, let's say, upperclassmen mm-hmm. who have finished recruiting already, and maybe they even did a summer internship and they're a senior right now, but they're not full-time yet. So what that means is you can still ask them, hey, can I like buy you a cup of coffee and can we like, can I get some recruiting yeah. advice? That's not going to be weird. But also that person has zero say whatsoever on whether you get an interview or not. So it doesn't matter if you mess up, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's also like, usually people find out if they're talking to people that are closer to them in age and status and whatever is less intimidating versus like, you don't have to go straight to networking with the global head of technology investment banking at mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs. Right? Like that's probably a bit more intimidating, right? So you can like work your way up to it, both in terms of like a seniority level standpoint, as well as a, oh my God, I, I really care about this firm. Oh, I really want to work for Goldman Sachs. I don't want to mess mm-hmm. this up. Okay, then don't start by doing your network, initial networking calls with Goldman Sachs people. Yeah. Right? And Goldman yeah. Sachs is a good example because they also start their recruiting later so you have more time. Yeah. Obviously, I think we talked about this last time, like we want to make sure we take kind of like the timing of their application into account when we're sequencing who we network with first, right? Yeah. That makes sense? Yes, thank you. Yeah, but I think in general, though, what I'm sensing from you is like, you just need to have more confidence in yourself. I think, I think you're, um, I think you're definitely qualified. Um, I think obviously you're not 100% fully prepared yet because we haven't done all the work, but I think you will be. You're going to mm-hmm. get there and we're going to help you. And so you have everything you need. Um, and I think like, look, like I speak to a lot of students, so I'm just be completely honest. Like, Sometimes I speak to someone and I'm just like, whoa, this person is super awkward. Like they're probably not going to have like a very easy time networking, you know, or like some people are just more sociable and more charismatic. And then some people are just like, not right. You don't give me the vibe that you're the type that's going to have like these um, issues from like a social interaction standpoint. And so, and, and I've spoke again, I've seen so many students. And so like I'm benchmarking you. I have a pretty large um, sample size that I'm comparing you against, right? So hopefully having that, um, I don't want to call it like a stamp of approval, but hopefully that's reassuring for you in terms of just like, okay, well, Sam's seen a bunch of people and he says, I'm not weird. So I guess I'm not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but no, like, so like, yeah, just, I think you'll be fine um, and don't put so much pressure on yourself. These conversations, these networking conversations are not do or die. And if you mess up on one conversation, it's not necessarily gonna prevent you from getting a job. In fact, all of our students that have gotten jobs, I can guarantee you they've messed up in certain networking conversations at one point or another and they're still fine, right? So you just gotta remember that. And then that way you're not so, um, 
hung up on like, oh, I got to be perfect for every conversation. Like, you don't. So just be like a normal human being. And, um, you know, obviously we teach you guys all these strategies and tactics and, oh, do it this way and ask these questions and this and that. But if we want to like strip all of that away and really at like at the most basic level, if you just think about what networking is, same thing with interviewing. If you just think about what interviewing is and what networking mm-hmm. is, but even more so for networking is you're just having a casual conversation with this other person and you're just trying to get them to like you as a human being. Just like if you went out and you met someone at a party or at a bar or I don't know if you're old enough to go to bars yet, but if you met someone or if you met like a friend of a friend for the first time and you're just having a conversation and like hopefully you hit it off and if you do, they like you, like that's all you're trying to do, right? Yeah. So not to like trivialize it too much, but sometimes you just got to, you know, lower the pressure that you're putting on yourself and then you actually do better. Yeah. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, for sure. Cool. So um, were those the only questions you had for now? Yeah, yeah, for this week, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe to our channel or podcast so that you can get notified of all of our future episodes as well. If you'd like to apply to work with us so that we can help you in a similar way, feel free to reach out to our team at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. The street is abbreviated to ST, so it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.